We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 36, the Warm October Edition. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I'm Corey Taylor. And we are celebrating October coming in with mighty warm temperatures this time. It's downright hot out there, actually. it's uh, I went swimming yesterday. I plan on doing it again today. Yeah. Most likely all week until Friday. might rain, but... Yeah, but with these temperatures... I mean, we're well above average for this time of year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I enjoy it because I didn't want to close my pool yet. So, <laughs> well, you got you're in luck. Yeah, for this week anyway. Yeah, well, we're having highs in the middle to sometimes upper 80s across the region. I don't think we're going to hit 90. I just don't see 90 and maybe for a heat index. Yeah, possibly. But uh, I think I think we're. Doing that right now, actually, outside. Well, the, and the mugginess. I mean, that's the crazy thing about all this. Right. It's just, it, this is a summer-type pattern. And this was forecasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said it was going to get back warm again. And I, I thought it was going to get, I mean, it's fall. We're going to have these periods. It's going to get warm. And then it's going to have a cold front come through. Yeah, it's a it's roller coaster. Get, yeah, yeah. And uh, the average for this time of year, October 1st and 2nd, the average high is only 74 degrees. See, that sounds low to me because it's been so nice and hot out. Yeah. That's that's almost cool. Yeah, and for and, some people. And looking at the at the averages on, on the chart from the National Weather Service, I mean the, the daytime average high is going down about one degree every other day. Interesting. It, we're following. Uh, the morning average low, normal low for this time of year is fifty one, which we kinda had that. We had it for a f- couple days, maybe three days. Uh some got down into the Upper forties that one night, yeah. So and uh, and we're we're seeing these cold fronts come down. I mean, this is my perspective on everything, and it's kind of a kind of a cool, I think, perspective if you can visualize it. You know, we see on a weather map that we're stationary. We're looking at the United States. The cold fronts come down, and the further we go into winter, the farther down they go. Well, okay, I'm going to be like a Neil deGrasse Tyson here. Okay, <laughs> kind of a concept. The act, the, 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 the north and the south are always going to be colder than the, the equatorial region. But what's happening mm-hmm. is the earth itself is tilting. Mm-hmm. So that gives us the illusion that the cold air is coming down into the United States in the wintertime. But in reality, the earth is just basically turning. And the earth turning is putting the cold air 
How about that? So that's our polar vortex lesson of the day. Well, not really. I was hoping just to blow your mind there. <laughs> I mean, we're spinning. I've actually stuff. read all about that before, so I kind of knew where you're going with that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe some of our listeners will will be impressed with my vast concept here. That's not original, but <laughs> yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, I mean, it, 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 we got a cold front coming in. I mean, I'm seeing a whole bunch of different things this weekend. I mean, first of all, they're saying there's going to be tons of rain. Then it's like, yeah, models are backing off. It, we're still several days out. Well, you know, all I can do is hope for a little rain. I, and we're not going to get, I don't see tons of rain for us. Uh, I do hope we get something. I just like when it rains. Uh, to the west, it looks like you could have more of a chance of rain to me but we'll see what happens yeah the way that, pretty that far away. front's gonna set up and everything right. i keep watching the storm prediction center because because i've heard a couple of credible meteorologists talk about this could be kind of a spring-like setup and then well that's what they say we'll see yeah yeah i mean there's credible meteorologists and there's also websites that like to hype things a little bit so yeah and if it is it's going to be probably way to our west anyway so it'd be right. fun to watch though i mean the, the the thing that that i'm looking at that's probably credible about it is we've got all this fetch of really warm <laughs> unusually warm and moist air that's just streaming into the region so if we can get a cold front and a setup with a lot of powerful cold air behind it i mean it's not out of the question that we could get some severe weather out of it. But again, we're talking five, six days out, and I just, my confidence is really pretty low. Right and right now, now the uh, Weather Service only has us at a 30 to 40% chance of rain for this weekend. Yeah. And I, th- and I think the better axis of the heavy rain is going to be out in Kansas. And I think the Weather Prediction Center has got Kansas, southern, south central Kansas, in like a seven to 10 inch. Right around the Wichita area. Yeah. 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 That would be incredible. And like I said, we're far out, so that'll that, that'll change, and the placement will change just a little bit. But that's pretty crazy amounts. Uh, I think it only has us at about half an inch. So yeah, and and I was watching the the TV news news guys, uh, or the weather weather guys the other day, and they're saying yeah, maybe a half inch inch if we're lucky. So it's not going to be a huge rain event for us. But it will cool temperatures down. I mean, we're, we're in the middle to upper 80s now, and we're going to get uh, around 80, maybe in the upper 70s again, which is typical fall. I mean, this is going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, I will say, though, uh, I was watching the GFS this morning, and it's uh, the long-range thermal profile. Now, again, it's long-range, so we're just kind of have to wait and see. But if it pans out, they're talking about around October 13th, a powerful cold front moving through and that will shift our highs in the 50s so we'll see i don't know Mm, let's see that would be today's the second so that's 11 days from now okay yeah it's quite a ways out uh but again with these long-range models i mean we don't completely discount them we just look at them and say okay what are you saying then we check the other ones and say okay what are you saying what do you think so I'm sure that could happen. It's mid-October, you know? Oh, yeah. In the middle of October. I mean, uh, the average date for the first frost is... October 15th. October 15th here in here. Right Ryan's there on my phone. Yeah, I made the, a special note. There, Hey, that's... Hey, you're taking notes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I should start doing that's that. That's also my birthday, so I kind of always remember the first ah. average frost. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, but we are... I mean, personally, I'm not... 
looking at a frost right now. Uh, we'll, we'll probably don't mark my words on this. I mean, I mean, even if we get, even if the GFS does pan out and it says we're going to get in the fifties and lows in the forties and stuff, I'm still not feeling a frost yet. No, I'm uh, going closer to maybe even the fourth week of October. That far out toward November a little yeah, bit. We'll yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wish the GFS went out that far. And if that's the case, it may delay. If we are going to get color, it may delay the color by a week or two. Oh, that's uh, right. I've seen color start around my birthday on October fifteenth, but the color most colorful fall we had uh, peaked actually on Halloween, and that was you know eight years ago or so. I, oh, when I took yeah. all those pictures that you that I put on the site, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and it was very colorful, and it was much later because I guess. It stayed a little nicer, a little uh, warmer at night. So yeah, I mean, we need the, the cool snaps every now and then for those trees to think. Oh, okay, now where I'm supposed to do this. Well, if you have those cool snaps, uh, and then you have 87 degrees, that really messes things up. Oh and yeah, you're not gonna get they don't know color. what to do. You're not going to get any color <laughs> like that. So we gotta we gotta be uh, if we're, if it's gonna turn fall and start being cool at night it needs to be cool during the day in order to get the colors yeah which we kind of had but like Mm -hmm. you said you know now we're back up into this thing here well maybe this you know if this pans out with the gfs on the 13th or whatever and shifts everything back down to the 50s and stuff, maybe the trees will get the idea i mean uh we could thinking about maybe more of a rainy pattern but you know the more i look at the at the models each run and stuff kind of backs off on a rainy pattern for next week so it's just something we're just going to have to watch and uh, yeah i mean oh another interesting thing the gfs gfs said and this is uh near term so it might happen is like that cold front that they're talking about coming coming through that's going to give us all this all this uh cooler air and possible precipitation the gfs says on thursday has Branson in the 80s and Kansas City in the 50s. Very cool. Which is, And it's a really sharp gradient. You can tell uh, that magic line, which we call I-44. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that line is up there. So if you're in Nevada, uh, up north, I mean, you could get cooler. And the, this is for Thursday. So, uh, But that's where the, it, it stops. I don't think it's going to get that cool here, do you? I mean, no. even later on. I don't, I, it's... Probably not going to get as cold as the last cold front that came through. Was what I'm looking at anyway. Yeah, because we kind of reset. I mean, I thought fall was in the air, coming right on. Was it right right in fall, mm-hmm. the the day of fall, which is perfect, and then October. And I think historically we've had this kind of situation before in October, where we think, oh, fall's coming in, and then all of a sudden it gets warm again. So we're we're just going to have to just going to have to wait and see. That was just Mother Nature being nice. <laughs> well, it's Mother Nature letting you swim in your pool a little hey, bit longer. Well, it is now, yeah. Your pool water is crystal clear. Thank you. Yes. I work on that really hard, so. Uh, I mean, can you drink it? Or I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Who knows? Lots Who knows of chemicals that? in that. Yeah, makes it really pristine. Well, a little check of uh, the ENSO, uh, El Nino, La Nina. We haven't talked about that much. We're not going to really get into it with this podcast because we're just going to kind of watch it. Uh, But the new outlook from the Climate Prediction Center was released yesterday. And what they are saying is right now uh, we are in a La Nada phase or El Nino neutral. Uh, The ocean water temperatures in the majority of the Pacific are 
right at or maybe just slightly above where they where they should be normally, and that puts us not in La El Nino, nor does it put us in La Nina. So we call that La Nada, the zero. Uh, but after, and that's the August through October, but then in starting in November, they're forecasting it to kind of bump up a little bit, and then December and January on, there's a 65 to 70% chance of El Nino. So that El Nino is warmer than average water temperatures, and that affects everything else. So I think in a couple of weeks, let's let's really dig into that in a couple of weeks. We have to. It's going to be end of October coming out. I mean, we're already into October, so uh, yeah, it's it's almost time to start thinking about our winter weather outlook. Yes, I'm excited, and I've got ideas, and I think you have oh, ideas yeah. too. We're gonna we're gonna make it fun for everybody for sure. <laughs> And as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. And if if Corey gets his wish, we won't get any snow. We well. could do it from my pool. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's see if we if that little cold snap is going to turn back into yeah, exactly. it. Wouldn't that be funny if we had a really warm first of November and we're out your pool <laughs> doing the winter cool. weather outlook? Well, when I first jumped in last night, it felt like I was doing the polar plunge, but it, uh, I got used <laughs> to it pretty quick. Yeah, I bet. It was cooler than it has been, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the tropics. Uh, we got... Okay, now, tr- there's Tropical Storm Leslie, which is really entertaining to watch. That little system just really doesn't know what it's doing. It, it's I going mean, all over the place. It's <laughs> it's just going here, and then it'll travel travel west, and then kind of drift a little bit south, and then it'll intensify, and then it'll go back down to nothing and become what we call post-tropical, and then... Two days later, bam, then it's back up again. Right now, <laughs> Leslie is in tropical storm status, right in the middle of the Atlantic. And it's forecasted to drift south. Then it's going to drift north. And then it's going to drift east. And But it's increasing in intensity. So it's supposed to become a hurricane today. <laughs> is Leslie male or female? You know, I don't know. I don't either. No, I'll have to. Huh. I never thought of that. Well, we got a couple that we know that are that are male or female names yeah. here. But uh, in, in, in the Pacific, Rosa, which we've been talking about, uh, that storm just kind of gave up the ghost. I mean, just, it was expected to decrease quite a bit, but it pretty much just you know died out. It was a drop tropical depression, then it's just remnants, and now it's just you know rain. But yeah, and it was a major hurricane for a couple oh, of yeah. days ago. Sure. So, so it must have got into some really diverse water or wind shear. We always talk about wind shear with hurricanes. Hurricanes do not like wind shear. No. So right now, Rosa is on the northern Baja and getting ready to head up to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, southwestern Arizona and just kind of drift up through Arizona, which is really... I mean, it's just a little rain event right now, and it's not expected to hit, um, you know, go through the Midwest. Again, it's just, uh, they, they've stopped forecasting for it now, and the models are just kind of saying, nah, whatever, we, mm-hmm. we yeah, just give it up there. But we have yet another hurricane in the Pacific, Hurricane Sergio, and uh, that's a that's a biggie. I think a major hurricane tomorrow headed to the northwest and then we'll turn west. Huh. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still bubbling. And the, the Pacific's already down to S. S. That's, you know, what they, I, I don't know what the Pacific forecast was. I know what the Atlantic was with 13 mm-hmm. named storms, which we're way past that. Well, no, Leslie 
J is 10. Okay, so that's about 12. Or, yeah. Yeah, they're about right. Uh, <clears throat> so we don't think uh, Sergio is going to you know, do much of anything. Again, it's going to bubble up, kind of head west, kind of you know, northwest and west, and probably, you know, take a hike and do something. Uh, but uh, Central Pacific, uh, Central Pacific, we always say Central Pacific is divided in a westward thing, and that covers the Hawaiian Islands. And there is a monster hurricane out there now. It's a big one. A cat four. How do you pronounce it? I Wallaka, Wallaka. I I said Wallaka. I say Wallaka. Yeah, a yeah. Category Four hurricane, Wallaka, is right now well southwest of the Hawaiian Islands. It's going to head north towards the Johnson Islands, which is west of the Hawaiian Islands. I think there's hurricane watches out there now, uh, but this one should not affect the Hawaiian Islands nah. at all. It was a Cat Five. I mean, a powerful little Cat Five. Uh, but it's weakened slightly. It's now now a couch, a couch, a couch for <laughs> a cat for hurricane, which uh, yeah, I mean Hawaii might get some winds out of it, but I think the outer bands are pretty much going to stay west of. I think so. There. It's it's pretty far west. Yeah, and what what were you saying? There was a, like a, a monster typhoon or something out there. Yeah, I can't remember his name. It had a weird name, uh, but. His winds were up there, uh, what, 155? Yeah, King, King Kong or yeah. so, <laughs> way like, over there. Yeah, one, 155, that's a major one. And there was another major one uh, a week or two ago that, that slammed into, what was it, Japan? I don't know. I think we covered mm-hmm. that. But, I mean, yeah. the tropics are really, really active this year. Oh, yeah. And with the tropics and tropical systems, you got a lot of cool clouds. So we thought this week's weather school would be all about clouds. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Storm Dar Weather School. Ah, it's such a nice day. You walk outside and look around. The birds are chirping. The wind is blowing ever so slightly. The sun is shining but not fully. You look up in the sky, and the sun seems to be a little filtered, but it's not casting any shadows. And then you look towards the west, and you see the clouds getting darker and darker. And they have this strange green appearance to them. And you wonder, is a storm coming? We can tell so much about the current weather and the upcoming weather by just looking up in the sky. The clouds give us a clue to what the atmospheric conditions are, and you can plan for your day. So today, we're just going to discuss the 10 main types of clouds. Clouds are divided into three categories, high, middle, and low clouds. All of the clouds are measured from their bases, of which we call the ceiling. High clouds form above 20,000 feet and are composed of ice crystals. Mid-level clouds form between 6,500 and 20,000 feet, composed primarily of water droplets, but can also be composed of ice crystals if the temperatures are cold enough. 
low clouds form below 6,500 feet, composed primarily of water droplets, but in the wintertime can also be composed of ice crystals and snow. First, we have to understand what the Latin roots to the clouds mean. There are four main roots that we use, and those are cumulus, which means pile or heap, stratus, which means flattened or spread out, cirrus, which is a curl of hair, and nimbus, which means rain. For high clouds, we use the prefix cirro, which means high. And there are three main types of high clouds. First, the cirrus cloud. It's light and wispy, almost transparent, because the ice crystals are very small. They have white bands and fibrous appearance that are usually described as silky. A common side name for the cirrus clouds are called mare's tails. The second is cirrostratus. Remember stratus meaning flattened or spread out and cirro meaning high. They're semi-transparent and usually cover a large part of the sky. The ice crystals in cirrostratus clouds cause a halo effect around the sun or the moon. So sometimes when you go outside at night and you look up at the moon, there's this huge halo around it, and that halo is caused by cirrostratus clouds. The third is called cirrocumulus. Cirro meaning high, cumulus meaning pile or heap. They look like arranged rows of clouds with a little ripple effect and a small degree of separation. They're usually patches in the sky, and when they get between the earth and the sun, it dims the sun just a little bit. Okay, so let's move on to mid-level clouds. We use the prefix alto, which means middle, or mid-level. And we use the base Latin roots again. So alto stratus, alto meaning mid, and stratus meaning spread out, is a thin gray or blue colored cloud that tries to hide the sun. It's thicker than cirrostratus and usually prevents the sun from casting shadows. Their bases are from 7,000 to 18,000 feet. Next is the alto cumulus. Alto meaning mid, cumulus meaning heap. Small patches of clouds called cloudlets, usually white or gray, and usually form in settled weather. The bases are from 2,000 to 18,000 feet. Those are the middle clouds, so now let's focus on the low-level clouds. The first one is cumulus. Looks like little pieces of fluffy white cotton balls floating across the sky. Sometimes they have darker bases, and the bases can be as low as 3,000 feet. When those clouds grow and get bigger and bigger, it indicates you have a lot of strong updrafting going on. And those are what we call the thunderstorm clouds, or cumulonimbus, a pile and heap of rain. And as long as these clouds have strong updrafting, they can go way up in the sky. They take the moisture, start condensing it, the updraft goes up, the electrical systems start kicking on, and you have a full-blown thunderstorm. If the updraft is strong enough, then severe weather can develop. Large hail, strong winds, and even tornadoes come out of cumulonimbus clouds. Next, 
let's talk about stratus. Stratus clouds are gray, uniform clouds that cover the sky. They usually don't produce a lot of precipitation, but make for a really dark and yucky day. Fog is actually a stratus cloud sitting on the ground. So when fog is present, then you know the atmosphere is completely saturated. Next is the stratocumulus cloud. It's kind of a combination of the cumulus cloud and the stratus cloud. So if you can imagine a pile or heap that's kind of spread out. There's not a lot of precipitation in stratocumulus clouds, and they usually appear more in the wintertime. They look like they're just off the ground, and they're rose, and they're just dark, and they look bad, but they're really not. Now let's talk about the rain cloud, the nimbostratus. Nimbus meaning rain, stratus meaning spread out. Those clouds are layered in the sky and similar to stratus, but have enough moisture to produce rain or snow. And nimbostratus clouds usually cause a very, very dark sky. Well, that does it for the 10 main types of clouds. So when you go outside and look around, you'll be able to identify if they're good clouds, bad clouds, or no clouds at all. So finally, to wrap up, I just want to give you some special clouds that have very interesting names so you can impress all of your friends. <laughs> the first one is called Mamatus clouds. They're sagging, pouch-like clouds protruding downward from an anvil portion of a mature thunderstorm. The official name is Mamatocumulonimbus, so you can tell they form from a cumulonimbus or thunderstorm cloud. They indicate extreme turbulence and are generally only seen in severe weather. Another one is called a lenticular cloud. It's a stationary cloud. Many times it's seen on top of a mountain. It's got a lens shape to it. It goes vertical, and a lot of people mistaken it for a UFO. So if you live in the mountains, don't think there's a UFO if you see this kind of cloud. It's just a special kind of cloud. Another one is called Noctilucent. It's composed of ice crystals, and they're only visible just after sunset because they're really too faint to be seen in daylight. They're the highest clouds in the Earth's atmosphere and develop between 47 and 53 miles. Their nickname is the Night Clouds. And when you see them after sunset, they're radiantly orange and blue and red and very fascinating to look at. This next type of cloud was just added to the International Cloud Atlas in March of 2017, and its name is Undulatus asperitus. Sounds kind of like a vegetable, but it's not. These clouds are very, very defined and look very eerie, and you see them usually during the morning or the midday hours following a thunderstorm, but they are perfectly harmless and usually dissipate on their own. And lastly, my favorite cloud, called the SLC. They're harmless, but they look ominous. Sometimes you'll see a low-hanging cloud that's mimicking a tornado, but it doesn't spin, and you can see the wind carrying it up and down throughout the sky. Oh, I forgot to tell you. SLC stands for Scary Looking Clouds. Now, 
you'll be able to go outside with your friends and play Name That Cloud. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go, all about clouds. Of course, my favorite, and I think your favorite probably too, is the Mamatis clouds. Well, Mamatis, I mean, they're pretty cool. I, don't, I haven't seen any good Mamatis clouds in a long time. Seems like last year you would see them all the time. I haven't seen any in yeah. a long time. Now, yeah. yesterday, yesterday, I mean, I you texted me and said you thought see Mamatis. They really did kind of look like Mamatis well, clouds in uh, a way. Some of them did. I mean, they weren't, but they, they, they kind of they were puffy, like cotton balls. Uh-huh. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. So, but yesterday I had some interesting looking clouds too. Yeah. So that that's my favorite weather word, mamatocumulonimbus. So you can impress all your word, all your friends with with that word. So now it's time for this week in weather history. So Corey, what you got? Well, this week in weather history, back in 1890, a long time ago. Wow. The Weather Service is first identified as a civilian agency when Congress, at the request of President Benjamin Harrison, passes an act transferring the meteorological responsibilities of the C- of the Signal Service to a newly created U.S. Weather Bureau in the Department of Agriculture. Oh. Now, what they what they did before was they had a Signal Service, which was part of the army that uh, specialized in communication between between uh, the different groups of the armed forces, uh, and they were. They were in charge of the uh, weather. Sounds going on outside. They were in charge. They were the meteorologists in charge, I guess. Okay. They were part of the signal service. Well, Benjamin Harrison said, well, we need uh, the meteorologist service to be its own uh, entity. So they they, they created the U.S. Weather Bureau, which is now the National Weather Service, Ah. uh, in the Department of Agriculture. That happened back in 1890. That's cool because, I mean, now that you've said that... uh, when they they talk about record highs and going back to record keeping, they say back to 1890. There you go. So that's where why. these weather records started. That's where they started. But you know what they did before they had the weather service? What's that? Weather Rock. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah, say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. I've seen that, yeah. That's one of, one of my dad's favorite thing. He would he would have the Weather Rock out there. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. And that so they be, they become their separate branch. They I guess they were lumped into everything and then they were just divided and went out on their own little little thing and developed and then that's where all the supercomputers of the 1890s came in and started They didn't have Nexrad back then. Oh, yeah. They did not. They didn't have that. Well, I'm glad we have it now. How about... Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Well, it's uh, time for the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week is... Aerovane. And what is that? Well, an aerovane... Aerovanes are commonly used... uh, at many weather stations and airports to measure both the wind direction and the speed. They are similar to wind vanes with with the cup anonymers. And anonymer. I can't say <laughs> That's a hard N's word. and M's real close together. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. My tongue doesn't move that fast. 
<laughs> see, they have the cups, and you see them a lot, you know, at different weather stations. Yeah. These are the bladed propellers attached to the end of the vane. So. Oh, I think I've seen those when they do hurricanes and stuff. I mean, it's more of a, yeah, it looks like a fan more than like the cup mm-hmm. ananometer. My grandma has one that looks like a rooster. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> weather vane. Wow. Top of the barn. You know, I can't remember if, if I had a, a weather vane growing up or not. You know, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I had my, my parents got me this weather station, which was really cool. And uh, with the sling psychrometer, I'll never forget that. But I don't know about the, uh, you know, an actual weather vane. Man, I'll have to ask my mother. I'm sure she will text me after the podcast mm-hmm. and, and let me know. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty wild week in the you know western pacific but really not much going on you know around these parts fine with me yeah yeah and i gotta say uh i'm uh, getting ready to go out of town next or this week i'll leave tomorrow wow going to albuquerque so i'm not quite sure if i should wear shorts or a coat uh i probably need to check stormdar i would i would take both yeah i think so but the one really cool thing is going to happen that is the week, uh, this weekend is the balloon fiesta where they're going to launch all those weather balloons. And that's going to be really fun. That, that, a lot of people go to that. It's, it's very popular. I, I mean, I knew it was kind of a big deal, but I went to their website and, and the conference I'm going to, we're going to get, I, the only thing that I'm not, not really looking forward to is we meet in the lobby of the hotel at 4.15 a.m. Wow. Well, see, that's 5.15 our time, so, you know. It's oh, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go down there. So I think if I can get a good place and everything, I might do a Facebook Live. Cool. And it's not exactly weather-related, but uh, it's just it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime. I don't think I'm ever going to see that again. It's kind of like going to the moon. You know, if you get the chance, uh, go. Yeah, and do a Facebook Live. Why not? <laughs> well. Yeah, so you're so I'm going to be checking in occasionally, but uh, you're going to do an excellent job running the site until I get back. And especially now, see, when I leave, then we're going to have severe weather, sure. of course. So then it'll be Easy all you. Usually, what happens? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah. So uh, warm, muggy to start, and then uh, we'll, we'll just we're going to stick a pin in that October, uh, not October thirteenth, but the. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. the 13th when the GFS was saying in the 50s. We'll see. We don't know. Well, got anything else? Uh, I do, actually. Okay. Uh, there's a big earthquake this week in Indonesia. Oh, I heard about that. Uh, 7.5, I believe it was. Wow. And uh, they weren't expecting to have a tsunami, yet one developed. And it's killed. Wow. Tsunami's killed. I mean, it's killed about 1,300 people so far that they found. But uh, scientists and geologists are a little uh, perplexed. They they're not they they really weren't expecting a tsunami out of this earthquake. I think due to the depth or whatever. Oh, okay. So they're actually sending specialized submarines to the bottom of the ocean floor to scan the ocean floor to see exactly what caused that tsunami and and, and what's going on down there because uh, oh that's wow that they weren't expecting so it's pretty interesting i thought that'll be cool yeah and and actually the the tsunami warning is part of the national weather service too oh, yeah, it's sure. not i mean it's not technically weather but it's kind of umbrella to, we did a weather school about the branches of of noaa and stuff so it's kind of in it there. has to do with water so you know kind of yeah boy i need to research that some more mm-hmm. but uh, yeah because you know the the japan 
big major Japan earthquake uh, produced that tsunami. And by the time it got to Hawaii, I think it rose four inches. It wasn't wasn't that big of a deal. And it will decrease over time. But uh, yeah, tsunami is is nothing to be messed I've with. I've seen some incredible video out of Indonesia today that it's just blow your mind, I'll tell you. Wow, I'm going to have the to go there. The power of water. Yes, and people don't people just don't realize it and it, it, it power of water in flooding sure i mean it oh, doesn't yeah. take that much water flowing water to just sweep your car yeah. right off the road so uh yeah check that out i have another thing here uh, tomorrow fema is going to be sending out an alert to all of our cell phones okay it's called a presidential alert and it's supposedly the president's way of alerting all of us citizens of Pen, impending uh, you know, weather or any other kind of uh, doom, I guess. And they're going to test it out tomorrow. So we're all going to get these. It's not a text. It's more of a like when you get a an Amber Alert or something like that oh, on your okay. phone. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what time. I think maybe 2 o'clock. We're supposed to get that. So uh, be something to look out for and see what it says. Interesting. So I guess it would cover... You said any any type of impending doom tornado. Well, yeah, or... and it, well, it's through. Well, they already already do the tornado warnings. This is something kind of new that they're working on. It's through FEMA. It's what it's through. Okay, but it's pretty much whatever the president wants to say. He can tell us through that if if need to be. You know, interesting. Yeah, because because my plane lands about two, which would be one. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably. But it's nationwide. You said nationwide. And, Interesting. So, so nobody freak out. It is a test, correct? It correct. is just a test. Um, I mean, you can't. The, the the thing we the National Weather Service has battled in the past years is you know issuing too many warnings or issuing uh, you know like especially in Oklahoma. I've talked to some some of my friends in Oklahoma where they said you just go out in your front porch and see a tornado. Yeah, it's a, you know, tornado warnings out, no big deal. Well, they've kind of refined that now because, you know, if you get that over over stimulation of tornado warning every single day, then people just really aren't going to pay attention to it. And that's what happened to Joplin. Yeah. So, yeah, they they just didn't pay any attention to it. So, I'm hoping that this new FEMA alert thing system is is going to not you know, desensitize people. They can use it just for particular emergencies. Yeah, I think that's the plan. I don't think they're going to overuse it. It's just there if we need it. Good. Hopefully we get the test okay and it works okay, and and then we don't see it for a while. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it's going to come over on my phone, kind of yeah. like an, a, a notification more than, mm-hmm. a, than a text message. It'll probably just vibrate if your ringer's not on, but, uh, yeah, it'll be a notification. It'll say, it should say presidential alert on it, mm-hmm. so... Warning of you of the president. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's very interesting. So, well, I think we've been time to wrap this thing up. All right. All right. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this week, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>